This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show with your host, Armitage. He wasn't there, and neither were his white shoes. Who are you talking about? I hear you cry. Well, I shall tell you. Now, last week, I said that I'd ask the knowledgeable one, that's Tom, from the Phobics, at last Friday's Rockaway Beach, why did he think that the Vicious White Kids, a band that comprised of Sid Vicious, Ratscabies, Glenn Macklock and Steve New, at their one and only gig in August 1978 at the Electric Ballroom, why they played the Just Heard Tight Pants instead of Shaker Pill that Iggy and the Stooges released on Raw Power in 1973. Tom had a perfectly and well-founded reason 
for not attending the Hit Priest gig or any other UK concert at the moment, as he is currently over in Hamilton, Canada, where he has taken part in a fundraising walk for motor neurone disease, a condition that sadly took his sister-in-law in March. I shall post a link in today's show notes if you would like to donate to said cause. So anyway, what I failed to realise uh, is that in uh, 1977, Bomp Records released the I'm Sick of You 7-inch that comprised of the title track, Tight Pants and Scene of the Crime. To be honest, to my ears, apart from a couple of words, Tight Pants and uh, Shake a Pill, yeah, pretty much the same. And I'll, I'll go as so far as to say it's just the title that differentiates the two. One's a rehearsal, one's the final take. Still doesn't answer the question why the vicious white kids play Tight Pants and not Shake a Pill. Anyway, here's Michael Munro and the title track of his new album, I Live Too Fast to Die Young.
Jones fella. He can't offer a good tune. I was actually listening to the Vicious White Kids version of Tight Pants off the back of all this, and I hadn't heard it for years. And do you know what? It's all right. As I mentioned last Friday, I was up at the Hope and Anchor for Rockaway Beach 62, hosted, as always, by Timmy Dorella. Opening proceedings were the dead hombres. Now, last time I saw them, it was supposed to be Maria Repulsive's debut gig with them. Unfortunately, yeah, a car accident put pay to that with Nasty Nigel reprising, holding on to vocal duties. Bumping into Nigel at the bar before they're set, I infused my excitement at seeing their new singer. With Nigel replying, you're looking at him. Turns out, Maria's tenure only lasted one, maybe two gigs before all parties agreed. It just wasn't working out. It seems that I wasn't the only one who this was news to, with the Dark Lord of Barnet telling me that he also was looking forward to seeing Maria. More from the Dark Lord of Barnet later. I enjoyed, as I always do, the Dead Ombre set, but uh, they're missing the final piece of the jigsaw. What that piece is, you know, I don't know, certainly isn't the vocal department as the band discovered. You know, I just wish I could have also discovered it for myself. Having said all that, though, the band, as I alluded to, put on a great show. My favourite of Crazy People, unfortunately, wasn't played. Hopefully, this is just temporarily. You can catch them next at the Troubadour, supporting the Dirty Strangers on the 2nd of July. Until then, this is Street Walking Zombie.
middle band Work Trash Culture, who had stepped in to replace the Suicide Notes, whose vocalist, Billy T, is currently sidelined with ongoing health issues. The fingers crossed is in the throes of being resolved. Trash Culture were a new band to me that shamefully I missed all but their last song. Yes, I know I do feel really bad, but I was playing catch up in the bar upstairs. To make matters even worse, Timmy Dorella was full on raving about them when they came off stage. The band have an album out called Just a Ride that they were selling at the gig, final at that, with a digital single of F-O-M-O taken from their forthcoming album Migraines up on their Bandcamp site that sounds remarkably like this. good wasn't it just to make me feel even more guilty for forgoing them next time next time the evening's piss de la resistance was of course the hit priests nottingham's finest after paper lace i mean you, you know you can't top billy don't be a hero i collared nathan von cruz at the start of the evening to ask him what the name of the forthcoming new dipships album was going to be 
I secretly recorded his answer that I'm going to play you now. The name of the band is The Head Priest. So there you have it. You heard it here first. A world exclusive. The next Hit Priest album is going to be called... What's it going to be called again, Nathan? The name of the band is The Hit Priest. So just to be clear, the next Hit Priest album is going to be called The Name of the Band is The Hit Priests. Thanks for clearing that up, Nathan. It so isn't. I'll explain it to you later, Nathan. The Hit Priests, as per, were superb flailing arms, legs with killer guitar hooks, all played at breakneck speed without sounding like a wank fest. You know, we'll leave that to the Spasm Gang members. And cheers to me, taken from their last full-length album, Stand For Nothing. The Hit Priests are up at the Dome in Tufnell Park with Clowns on the 2nd of July, in Hamburg on the 6th of August, back at the Dome on the 3rd of September with Gay Bikers on Acid, the Trip Out Bike Fest in Suffolk on the 9th, 
Shackwell Arms in London on the 16th and a day later at the Pipeline in Brighton. And the final date for this year, so far, November the 16th in Nottingham. I hope to see you at some of these gigs. Here's the Buanas and Endless Pain. This is Toya Wilcox and you're listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. And it would be a mystery if you listened to anything else. Get out there and rock!
after the Bawanas and English Pain, you heard, because I played The Soap Girls and Psycho from the just released In My Skin album. Sunday afternoon, myself, Mrs. A, the squirrel and Alan decamped to the cavern in Rains Park to see Spike and Chris Hellman get into some more acoustic shenanigans. Now, this was the fifth time I would have seen them and the fourth at the cavern. The topic of conversation in the car over there was uh, his set was starting to get repetitive, along with his in-between songs, banter and chats, obviously, and quite rightly, if you're on tour playing different towns and cities, people will be hearing them for the first time. However, if you're coming back around for you know second, third and fourth time, the banter is less funny and you've heard the stories before along with the songs. Fortunately, Spike has taken all this into consideration and yes, we did still get to hear the Bonnie Tyler story, but it was done in context, carried on from the last time. The song selection was changed around of course, certain songs have to be played. And to be honest, the place was packed. Literally, standing room only. But going through the motions, they most definitely were not. Spike and Chris played for a whopping two and a quarter hours. And to be fair, I think they could have carried on for another two and a quarter hours and no one would have complained. You may or may not know that Slade uh, were the first band that I got into at a tender age of seven. 1975 Slade in Flame is an absolute must-watch film. Imagine uh, this is Spinal Tap meets Get Carter. Anyway, the album before Flame was uh, Old, New, Borrowed and Blue that features the single Every Day that Spike covered on his It's a Treat to Be Alive album that he and Chris played on Sunday, which means it must be time for this week's Covers Corner.
as well as Slade, looming large in the UK charts. As a kid, I also remember Gilbert O'Sullivan being on top of the pop seemingly every Thursday. The first song of his that I remember is uh, Get Down, then out of release order, Claire with Noe, and Alone Again, open brackets, naturally, close brackets. Now, I assumed that he was just a you know British phenomenon, even though he is Irish. Anyway, I didn't think that he'd bothered the US charts. Turns out, alone again, open brackets, naturally, close brackets, was number one in the States for six weeks. A song that is melancholy, introspective ballad. In the first verse, I'm reading this, you can tell, the singer contemplates suicide after having been left in the lurch at a church. In the second, he wonders if there's a God. Finally, he laments the death of his parents. Nice. So I was surprised that those happy-go-lucky husband and wife team of the Dolly Rots have just released the aforementioned song as a seven-inch on pink vinyl and turned it into a high-energy fist-pumping punk rock anthem. But don't take my word for it. Whatever what it's like when you shatter the standing in 
as you know, I'm not a fan of streaming platforms. A big thumbs up to Bandcamp, but a no to everything else. However, having said that, I am at the behest of my daughter. Signed up to a couple, as in dad pays so I don't. Last Friday, the Chuck Norris Experiment created a Spotify playlist, a mixtape for us older listeners, of covers that they had recorded. The reason being, and I shall quote them, there are only two reasons to record a cover. One, you want to play a great song so more people can find this great song. Two, you believe that you can make the song better than the original. Here's their version of the undertones, Teenage Kicks. Fatasa, that's friend of the show and Squirrel Associate, Arkwright and myself were banding for a couple of rehearsals. We played Teenage Kicks just for a laugh, mainly, because um, Bernie Torme had uh, covered it. Obviously, both his and the Chuck Norris experiments were better than ours, but, you know. Here's Calibri's and Be My Death Cult, taken from their just-released EP, Death Cult. You won't have a chance to change your minds later, because there'll be no way to get out. I have famine and disease. I can feel 
As I mentioned in the first half of the show, the Dark Lord of Barnet was in attendance at the Hit Priest gig last Friday. And although we have bumped into each other at various gigs post-lockdown, we haven't really had a catch-up. So we did. And no, he wasn't the reason why I miss dress culture. Anyway, the Dark One plays bass in Chaos UK, open brackets, London, close brackets, who first formed in 1978. Obviously, the Dark One isn't an original member. The band, for a want of a better word, are punk, but not in the vein of the, you know, we're on the dole and we don't care brigade. I can say that uh, not because I've seen them live, but because the Dark One sent me the digital files of the band's debut album, Punk Spirit, that came out earlier this year. I did venture down to Raven Retail on Saturday to see if they had it in stock. Unfortunately, they didn't, but I did come away with something of interest. More on that later. Previously, Chaos UK, open brackets London, close brackets, had issued just uh, the one seven-inch back in 1979 that was limited to only 500 copies and featured on the A Chaotic Family album compilation LP. I believe those tracks are on Punk Spirit, but uh, don't feature the Dark Lord as uh, just before recording was due to take place, he had a motorcycle accident resulting in a broken wrist. Punk Spirit sounds very much of 1979. That's not to say it sounds dated, but to me, with my limited knowledge of them, it seems that they've, you know, just stuck to their original ideals and more power to them. From the aforementioned album, this is Soldiers.
soldiers. They think they have the answers. They couldn't care a damn. They don't know who they massacre. They think it's all a joke to run so bayonet from someone's back. Cause they have weapons. They are superior. Or at least they think they are. <laughs> They murder innocent women and children. Talk about the mercenaries in Central America. They don't give a damn, they just shoot, kill a man. To prove a Upstairs window, her mother just got shot dead with the militia men. What child has a future when the dirty things that happen when a man keep on fighting for I don't know what for? Don't know what they're for Or what's the reason of fighting What's the reason of fighting for life If you can, you don't okay You don't give a damn whether anybody lives So long as you meet your end Of the military junta and the presidents of the Central American states, they are a bunch of parasites who don't know right from wrong. They control by drug barons, and they don't know right from wrong because they keep on murdering everybody that stands in the way. Straight after Chaos UK, open brackets, London, close brackets, and Soldiers, I Played You, Soldiers, by Johnny Moped, that was taken from his just re-released second album, The Search for Xerxes, that you can find on Damaged Goods Records. Originally, the album came out on Captain Sensible's Deltic label in 1991, just on vinyl. Now, it has been, for the first time, converted to ones and zeros. Mind you, having said that, the majority of the record was uh, done using a Roland sampler and a drum machine. The CD reissue features four extra tracks, an alternative version of the Just Heard Soldiers, along with Cut Across Shorty, plus the previously unreleased Cincinnati Blues and Bross and Xerxes. 
this is a must-have purchase. Going back to uh, Raven Retail, while I was perusing the vinyl racks, it was pointed out to me that the Ramon 7LP Sire box set had just come in and would I like to purchase it? Considering I have all the original on vinyl that I bought at the time, with all the rarities on the seventh album on various digital reissues, yeah, I still went ahead and bought it. To the sacred place To see a dream I can't escape Molders and fangs The clicking of bones Spirits moaning Among the tombstones And at night When the moon is bright Someone cries Something ain't right I don't want to be buried In a pet cemetery Glastonbury this week, you can always tell when it's on because the four days beforehand, it's glorious hot sun and suddenly, just over Worthy Farm, for the whole of the weekend, it'll piss down. The Damned was supposed to be playing, but a crew member, along with Paul Gray, 
contracted COVID. So all dead dates on their short tour, apart from the first two or three, yeah, have now been cancelled. Until next week, take it easy. This episode of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show was produced by Bart and Stacey, engineered by Fenny Bridges and was hosted by Armitage Schmidt and was a Watts' Lodge production. Mm-hmm.